the New South Wales Country Hour with Michael Condon on ABC Radio New South Wales. Hello again and welcome to the show. Coming up, better on-farm prices set to continue for dairy farmers despite some global headwinds. And we also get the latest on the fires, landholders and firefighters counting the damage. But as a ring of fire still surrounds Tenterfield, the firefighters say they hope the weather will bring a reprieve, but they are still worried. Uh, There's a huge amount of fire in the Tenterfield area. There's very, very long lines of fire across private property, across grassland into forest, back out of forest, back across grassland. It's a lot of fires are joining up because they're so big under yesterday's 65, 70 kilometre hour winds. It's a huge effort to try and clean this up. Anything could relight today and take off again. We'll hear more about uh, that uh, from the firefighters shortly, but uh, we'll stay with the fires now and we'll head to the RFS. Inspector Ben Shepherd is uh, with us now. And um, Ben, it, uh, still still eight fires listed as watch and act, uh, although conditions are a bit better. Yeah, Michael, it, it, what we're seeing today is more of an easterly influence over the fire grounds today. So that's lifted humidities a bit. Uh, we've seen a reduction in, in fire activity, but now it's it's pushing fires more back in a westerly direction. So yesterday, under those very strong northwesterly winds, our focus very much was on the eastern edge of those fires. But now we basically have to jump over to the other side of these fires and, and start concentrating on actually trying to bring uh, those western edges under control. But look, uh, more favourable in, in far as uh, the weather conditions. But as we just heard, a lot of fire in that Tenerfield area. If we just look around Tenerfield and towards Tabulum Cell, some at least 30 fires of, of more than 33,000 hectares in size. So it, it's a lot of fire that's going to have to be dealt with over the coming days before we can say that these fires are all under control. Yeah, better conditions but not out of the woods yet, I think is what the firefighters are saying. And they some of them are worried. I mean, we, I know the wind change is positive because uh, it's bringing a cool change, but some are worried about the wind change. Yeah, because it does start to push those fires in different directions to what we saw yesterday. And the, the, the problem is it's so incredibly dry out there and so much of the grass fuels now are completely cured and dried uh, that, that even just in slight breezes that the, the fires are moving and moving towards uh, sometimes property and people. So it, 100% not out of the woods, but look, a more favourable day. But yeah, a lot of work to do over the coming days before these fires are brought under control. So what's happening now? A lot of people out with, uh, you know, containment line activity and that sort of thing. Still a lot of active fires too. Yeah, look, today is very much about now looking at where we can actually bring these fires under control. So we'll start looking at what roads, what rivers, where we actually need to use dozers to construct lines to start working out where we can actually start putting in potentially backburns as well to actually start bringing them under control. Equally, what's going on uh, as well is now those building impact assessments. So we've got a number of helicopters doing initial sweep through over those fire grounds to start looking at what kind of losses we've seen. And um, that, that includes not just homes, but importantly as well, any agricultural losses will start to be assessed. So it is likely we will see uh, a fair amount of agricultural loss given that they have swept across paddocks and, and past um, sheds as well. So we start looking at those kind of uh, losses as well. But equally, we need to get these fires under control as quickly as possible. We have heard reports of uh, stock losses. Also, a lot of pasture loss and, you know, it's very dry and pasture was at a premium. And so uh, that's an expensive loss for farmers as well. So uh, the damage will likely to go up. 
Yeah, look, and I think that that, that those uh, things like fences as well. Yeah, have for to sure. A lot of repairs in those areas. So there's a lot of work that is going to have to be undertaken, not once the final flame is out, but it's, it's going to be weeks and months of work for, for a number of these landholders as they work to uh, to try and get themselves back on their feet. So, um, look, a, a difficult day, more favourable weather, a lot of work, and as you said, not out of the woods. I think we're going to be teased by some shower activity, but it's definitely not enough to completely take us... Uh, the complete sting out of the fire risk for that area for the coming weeks. Yeah, I mean, it sounds as though the Bureau has sort of walked back on its previous forecast and now it looks like, you know, maybe the possibility of a little bit of drizzle here and there, but really not much rain at all. Yeah, and and look, and that can be problematic sometimes, especially in some of the forested areas where we might be looking to implement some backburns in order to control these fires because sometimes just that little bit is enough to to hold off uh, from doing that. Equally, it can make some fire trails very slippery for the trucks. So in some aspects, we'd rather not see it, um, but equally as well, we're we're happy with the weather that's going through. And I think most of the residents around there will be happy with the weather they're seeing today. And at this stage, it looks like there's going to be with us at least into the weekend. So it'll give us a fair few days to try and get on top as much as we can, not just in the Tenerfield area, but right across New South Wales. And uh, in Nimboida, there's still watch and act for that area as well, too. Yeah, so that that fire yesterday again under the southerly change basically started pushing in a in a more northerly direction, uh, and, and look that impacted on a couple of homes. But again, uh, just that easing of conditions uh, will will actually start to work in our favour. Again, we'll start to look at containment lines and roads ar- around that particular fire ground. But uh, look, yeah, it picked up despite actually even getting something like twenty mil or something the the, the weekend prior. Um, it dried out very rapidly, and I think that what it does it highlights now that how incredibly dry it is across New South Wales, even sometimes with 20 and 30 mil. It's rebounding quite quickly to to give us that increased fire risk as soon as we see a little bit of wind, a little bit of dry weather. And then uh, in turn, we're obviously seeing the fire risk start to escalate when we do see warm, dry and windy days. Yes, indeed. Uh, and uh, well, and we, I guess the thing is that uh, clean up and also the damage bill and also uh, containment. So uh, uh, those, but the, those volunteers must be getting pretty tired and some have been, you know, flat out for three days. Yeah, look, even yesterday, though, we as quickly, um, we, we put a call out even to crews just quickly in Sydney, 30 volunteers threw their hand up and were able to jump on a flight quickly up north and, and jump on trucks that evening to assist those local crews. So we have got that great surge capacity within the RFS. But again, it's working alongside landholders, work alongside our sister agencies of fire rescue, parks and also uh, forestry. So everybody's doing their bit, and but we can't underestimate as well the role that, that the landholders are playing, ensuring that they're well prepared, ensuring they've got their farm fire units working as well. So everybody's doing what they can, um, but it is going to be a long and testing summer. So I think that while we might see a little bit of reprieve now, I don't think it'll be that long until we start to see things warm up and heat up and that risk return. That's right, because it's only the 1st of November. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, and we, we, we can expect it to see it march further south over the coming weeks and months. Interesting today is uh, we see the fire danger period begin for the south of the state, so around that Albury, that Riverina area as well. They are now in their bushfire danger period, so we can expect to see an increased risk over those areas over the coming weeks and months. Uh, ben Shepherd, thanks for that. Cheers, Michael. It's uh, coming up to 12 minutes past 12. Well, a short time ago, I spoke to our Lismore reporter, Bruce McKenzie, about what he's seeing on the ground, and he's just uh, travelled north from Tenterfield. Yeah, Michael, I'm just uh, into Queensland, just over the border in a place called Wollongarra. It's, it's basically 
You know, like the twin towns of Tweed and Coolangatta, it's Wollongarra and Jennings. We're just on the, the Queensland side of that. Uh, and, yeah, look, you can it's so easy to tell. The fire has absolutely roared through here yesterday, right up to some people's front doorsteps, basically, and uh, the landscape is scorched. Mm. And you've spoken to some farmers there? I've spoken to uh, a, a couple of uh, property owners um, that do have some stock. Luckily, all those stock have survived, it does seem. Um, yeah, they've, they've only just moved here a couple of years ago uh, from Brisbane. It's a bit of a uh, welcome to life in the bush, I think. They're absolutely rattled by what they saw and, and felt yesterday. It was pretty traumatic uh, for people in, in this part of the world. But thankfully, at this stage, um, we're not hearing about... Uh, Anybody having been uh, injured or worse, um, they have told us that uh, some houses in this part of the world uh, might have been damaged or destroyed. Just trying to to check that out. I know the RFS has got property assessment teams out right across um, this part of the world, the Northern Tablelands around Tenerfield and, and up here towards uh, Jennings, just to to check on it all. But you, you see the scale of it. Uh, I think it's pretty inevitable that, that there'll be some property damage, especially on some of those rural properties, Mark. Yeah, absolutely, and we already know that there have been some stock losses. We just don't know how many yet, and uh, and pasture loss too can also be a, a big deal for farmers, particularly when we've had, you know, we're basically in a drought, so people are oh, worried about so, that too. It is so dry. The countryside is unbelievably dry all the way out here. Like We obviously drove from Lismore through Casino. Um, casino's as dry as I've ever seen it. And it's the same story all the way out here at the Tenerfield. Everyone you talk to talks about just how dry uh, the landscape is at the moment. And uh, we certainly saw that yesterday with how quickly the fires went up. We drove into Tenerfield yesterday afternoon, Michael, and it was so eerie everywhere you looked. Um, you could just see billowing smoke in every direction, and that's no exaggeration. The town was was encircled by fire, literally to the north, south, east, and west. Uh, it was a yeah, it was a bizarre, pretty scary situation. Luckily, um, you know the locals around here are pretty level-headed bunch, and they all followed uh, the advice and seem to have got out of it okay. Just driving into Jennings today, though, even though the conditions are much milder. Um, it's actually fairly chilly today compared to yesterday's mid to high 30s, uh, and the winds have swung round from the north But those winds are still quite strong. Yeah, I can, you can hear that. It's quite strong winds, yeah. Yeah, and, and look, that's pushing the fire back from, from where it came in some parts, but there are still, still a few little fires spotting. We passed a couple just on the way into Jennings. And uh, the last time I checked, there were still, just around Tenerfield here, um, seven fires burning at Watch and Act, which is still pretty serious, and six of those were listed as being out of control. So still lots of work to be done here on the ground. Yeah, and that's what they're saying. A lot of the landholders are worried about that wind change, even though it might be a cold, cool change. Yeah. They're not going to get any rain, and the, and the, uh, the, the winds may be in the wrong direction, push the fire back. Yeah, that's right. Um, some of those fires, for example, at Tenerfield, the closest fire to Tenerfield is just to the south, and it's only four kilometres from the town. So you put a reasonably strong southerly on that. Obviously, you've got 
some calls for concerns. Notify is keeping a very close eye on that today. Mm. So y- your plans are you going to uh, check out what's happening in Jennings and uh, Wollongarra and, uh, and, and and just watch those fires there? It sounds like there's uh, you know still a lot of fire activity between even between where you are and Tenterfield too. Yeah, there is. There certainly is, and we on, just on the way here we passed uh, the fire tanker that rolled uh, between right. Jennings and Tenterfield overnight. Uh, we know that. Uh, Three fireys had to get cut out of uh, vehicle and they were taken to the Kennedy Hospital. Luckily, no one injured and they've all been released. It's a pretty stark sight uh, when you see that, that big vehicle rolled over onto its bridge. It's a pretty stark reminder of just how dangerous it is, um, the job that these volunteers do for us all. Absolutely, yeah. And they're, um, they've basically been working 24-7 for days. I had a quick chat to a bloke last night and he was inhaling a quick meat pie for dinner before he <laughs> back out and, uh, you know, he was saying he'd been flat out since lunchtime but there was plenty more work to do and then he had a whole bunch of hay that he had to cut on his property today. So good luck to him. He's a lovely fellow. I hope he gets the chance to do his real job. All right, Bruce, we'll leave you to it and, uh, and uh, yeah, a timely reminder, you stay safe as well. Yeah, no heroes here, mate. No problem. <laughs> Thanks, Bruce. Cheers, mate. See ya. Bruce McKenzie, who's at uh, Wollongarra in Queensland. He's heading to Jennings as well, but as he said, a lot of fire activity between Tenterfield and the border as well. It's uh, 18 minutes past 12. Let's get an update on the fires. ABC Radio Emergency Information. So at the moment, in summary, there are eight Watch and Act fires, including the Watch and Act at uh, Maryland, Cullendor Road, Maryland, the Jennings area, the Watch and Act along the New South Wales border and the and Wollongarra in Queensland, a Watch and Act for Tarbin and the Sawyers Creek fire in the Dunnybrook State Forest, a uh, Watch and Act for the Frost Road fire near Woodside, Watch and Act for Scrub Road south of Tenterfield, uh, also watch an act for the Benders Creek and Branch Creek fires, a watch an act for a bushfire in the Tabulum area, and watch an act for the bushfire which has been burning at emergency level yesterday. That's near Glens Creek Road at Nimboida. There are some evacuation centres at the Tenterfield Showground and the Grafton Racecourse. Just a little bit more detail there. Uh, the uh, watch an act for the area around uh, Maryland north of Tenterfield, that's due to a grass fire that's burning near the Queensland border, there's a watch and act for a large bushfire in the Jennings area. If you're in the areas of Wollongarra and Queensland and Jennings in in New South Wales, monitor conditions and uh, know what you will do if the fire threatens. Uh, the Sawyers Creek, Dunnybrook State Forest, that large bushfire is burning in the Tarbon Woodside and Sunnyside areas. Conditions have eased, but you're in the if you're in these areas, monitor conditions and take advice from the firefighters on the ground. Watch an act for Frost Road Woodside. It's another large bushfire that's burning in the Woodside, Sunnyside areas. Uh, if you're in the areas of Sunnyside, Woodside, west of the New England Highway, stay alert and monitor your surroundings. Watch an act for the Scrub Road fire south of Tenterfield. If you're in the area of um, Cox Road, uh, 
Billarimba Road, east of Tenterfield and also south of the Bruxner Highway. Monitor conditions and know what you'll do if the fire threatens. New England Highway is closed. We'll hear a bit more detail about the road closures in a moment. Uh, also, the Benders Creek and Branch Creek fire. People along the uh, New England Highway south of Tenterfield in the vicinity of Bluff River, Bungala, uh, Benders Creek and Branch Creek should monitor uh, Creek should monitor conditions and stay alert. And in the Tabulum area, uh, the bushfire south of Ogilvy Drive, it's burning in the Plain Station and Pagans Flat area, 50 kilometres northeast of Tenterfield. Uh, Bruxner Highway closed. Uh, also, if you're in that area, stay alert and monitor your surroundings. And the Nimboida fire, it's still burning in the vicinity of Glens Creek, Old Gleninus Road and Wild Drake Road. Nimboida, people in the vicinity of Blacksman's Flat, Old Glen Innes Road, Rockview Road and Wild Drake Road should monitor the conditions and um, uh, also going back again to the details there about evacuation centres. There are evacuation centres open at uh, the Tenterfield Showground, which is Manners Street in Tenterfield, and the Grafton Racecourse, which is at uh, 273 Powell Street, Grafton. And uh, David Clawton's here to give us an update on what's happening in terms of road closures. Yes, a lot of roads closed due to the fires. So you've mentioned a couple. The roads from Tenterfield to Deepwater, Jennings and Tablam are all affected. So that includes the New England Highway between Clifton Street and Torrington Roads, closed in both directions. Emergency services, including transport for New South Wales, the Rural Fire Service and the local council all attending. And um, that'll be the case in many of these places. So avoid those areas and delay your journey if you can. The Bruxner Highway is closed between Bellevue Road and Tabulum Road. The New England Highway is closed in both directions between Bruxner Highway and the Queensland border. And there's smoke from a nearby bushfire that may affect visibility. Motors should drive to the conditions. In Tenderfield, Scrub Road between Billarimba Road and Spirabo Forest Way is closed. At Woodside, uh, Woodside Road between uh, Bruxner Highway and Pies Creek Road is closed. In Nimboida, uh, in the direction of Waterview Heights, Glens Creek Road and Old Glen Innes Road between Armadale Road and Tigers Road is closed. And the RFS are carrying out some activities there. And uh, Armadale Road in Braunstone on North Coast New South Wales, that's closed due to the bushfires as well, so avoid the area and follow the directions of traffic control signage they've got up there. Okay, that's the latest uh, information we've got on the bushfires. We'll give you some more details at a quarter to one. Uh, For more information, you can go also to abc.net.au slash emergency and the Rural Fire Service website or uh, download the Hazards Near Me app and, uh, of course, keep listening to your local ABC. Uh, And uh, next update, as I said, will be at a quarter to one or thereabouts. It's 23 minutes past 12. ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Well, fire crews worked through the night to try and get the upper hand on fires with residents in areas including Tarbon, Woodside and Tabulum told to take shelter as it was too late to leave their homes. We know at least four homes were destroyed around Wollongarra after the uh, fire at Jennings that we've been talking about and that RFS truck rollover we heard about as well during the Jennings fire where three members were taken to hospital. Thank- thankfully, there were no serious injuries. Pamela O'Neill is a, is a Bolivia farmer and RFS volunteer. She was fighting fires until uh, late last night and she told Lara Webster it was a frightening situation at times. Uh, there's a huge um, amount of fire in the Tenderfield area. There's very, very long uh, lines of fire across, um, across private property, across 
grassland into forests, back out of forests, back across grassland. It's a lot of fires are joining up because they're so big under yesterday's 65, 70 kilometre hour winds. Um, it's a huge effort to try and clean this up. Anything could relight today and take off again because even though the wind is from the south, southeast, it's going to be strong again today, which is going to feed a heap of oxygen into a very long um, line of fire. Well, Pamela, you were one of those volunteers who put in a lot of effort last night with a lot of people and people who are still fighting fires this morning, as you mentioned. But what was it like for you on the ground uh, overnight while you were there? Uh, When it started to rain spot fires onto the New England Highway at Bluff Rock, um, it uh, it was pretty frightening, actually, because the fire was so intense because it was such high winds. Um, all we could do was quick property protection, get out, quick property protection, get out. To, to the owner's credits, the houses that we visited were very clear all around. Uh, one house was locked, but that's just unfortunate. <clears throat> yeah, it was, uh, it was quick re- a quick look around, retreat, quick look around, retreat. I can't speak for what happened to the north of us, Wollongarra, Jennings, but it sounds like it was very similar. Yeah, so we've heard reports of homes lost there too. This morning, as you and I speak, how are things looking where you are? It's all still going because we've, uh, even at this time of morning, we've got uh, the wind fairly onto all of this long line of fire. Um, I've spoken to a friend, he's on a dozer up Cottlesbrook Road, um, trying to do the containment on the back of his property. Now, that's a good 15 kilometres from where the fire started yesterday. So it, it, the scale of this fire is, is astronomical. Well, Pamela, you also had to leave your own farm, your own property, to, to go and help your neighbours and the other firefighters. Is everything OK at your own home? Uh, well, this all kicked off with um, 30-odd lightning strikes five or six days ago, and I had two of those on my place. Um, I got around ours with the RACO, and then the Sandy Flat Brigade came in and helped, and then there was a helicopter help uh, on the second day when it took off the second time. So um, the two that I had on my place, I had sort of under control. That's why I could go and get on a truck and help yesterday because I knew they needed it. And what about your livestock, Pamela? Is everything okay there? On my own place, uh, yes, um, it's in drought conditions. I was surprised at how the fire was burning through <clears throat> the soil, through um, dead grass roots, because the soil is so dry. And we do know, of course, these fires are burning around farms. Uh, what have you been able to hear or, or what have you gathered about impacts on livestock and pasture? Oh, pasture is uh, it's, it's going to be a bit desperate for hay up here. It's, it's ripped across whole properties. Yeah, it, there's going to be help needed. Have you heard too much yet about livestock losses, Pamela? Uh, I saw some livestock that were in trouble yesterday, but I haven't yet heard about livestock losses. A lot of places were very bare, so mm. a, a lot of people were able to put them into the barest paddock. For protection, um, yeah. For protection, 
It's Pamela O'Neill. She's a Bolivia farmer and RFS volunteer. She was speaking there to Lara Webster. Well, it's been a hectic few days for the Bulma family from Bolivia Station. That's a sheep and cattle property. Kim Honan spoke to Fran Bulma earlier the, earlier today from home, her home at Tullarook, 12 kilometres south of Tenderfield, and she says the fire came very close. Yes, it has. It's uh, about 500 metres from our house, um, and... Quite a few of the neighbours has been right up to their house. Very hard to um, to save quite a few houses, not only here on the southern side of Tenerfield, but on the northern and on the western side of Tenerfield as well. It's been very widespread. We also have another little small property right under Bluff Rock, and it was totally burnt out. Um, we haven't been there yet this morning to to assess it but the livestock ended up in the dam we were told so that was a blessing oh gosh Um, and hopefully they've survived yes so you haven't lost any that you're aware of not that we know of my husband Stuart's just gone now to um, check that out and yeah we've got a change in wind here this morning and and it's a strong easterly so we're quite concerned about the fire coming back on us um, because it's still burning quite well on Dairy Mountain and um, in a valley between us and Scrub Road. So we're still on alert and the, all the locals are out doing their best to try and um, put in fire breaks and, you know, get those spot fires and whatnot. And what yeah. were you doing yesterday? Is that what you're doing, fighting the fire or watching out for spot fires? Yes, yes, we were and our sons were... We have three sons and, and they and a lot of the local young fellows were out doing what they could to save places. You know, uh, one of our sons has a water truck and he was going around a lot of houses saving, you know, trying to save those and lots of the quick spray army, as I called it. You know, they were all the farmers were out with their quick sprays doing what they could and an amazing effort by them all, really. And uh, going through till I think it was about two o'clock before fellas I know pulled the pin and went home to try and get some rest. But of course, at daybreak they're up again and at it again. Yeah. And did you ev- evacuate livestock? Move livestock? I think you've got cattle and sheep. Yes, we have. Um, at Bolivia, it's all safe. But our son on the western side of Tenderfield at Sunnyside, um, yeah, we had to evacuate some sheep and and horses and things out there and um, they they managed to save their house lost some equipment um, and of course all you know all the feed in the paddocks is gone for livestock so yeah quite a difficult time and I believe there was some houses lost out there I'm, I'm not absolutely 100% sure on that but yes and that was your son's property at Sunnyside. Yes. He yes. saved it, though. Yeah. Yes, they we were able. To, they were able to save the house. So. And where were the livestock evacuated to? Uh, well, we we have a an old um, semi trailer, single deck, and um, one of the, the one of the boys went out and loaded it with the sheep and took it to the showground and parked it there, um, and then went back fighting fires. Yeah. Oh gosh! Uh, yeah, <laughs> this morning he's probably taken them to Bolivia, I'd say, and and they'll stay there until we can sort out what's happening. Yeah. Mm. And how concerned are you about today? Very concerned because at the moment there's an easterly 
blowing back on us and the smoke is pretty thick um, and, you know, there's a lot of country not burnt that could come back on. So we're trying to get fire breaks in and, and be on standby and, and just hope that everybody's safe and, and the livestock as well because nobody's got any fees, water's short. Yeah, not an easy time. Absolutely not an easy time and a uh, fair way to go by the sound of things. Fran Bulmer from Bolivia Station there and uh, we'll bring you an update on the fires shortly after the uh, news headlines and weather. Talking about news headlines and weather, let's uh, get some news headlines now from Adam Story. Good afternoon. Some news headlines and yeah. weather from Adam. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gave us some weather the other day. Yeah, well, that's, I think I did a pretty good job. I think it was pretty accurate, actually. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah no, um, the good. The Defence Minister is in the United States and... Uh, the US is going to speed up the delivery of Black Hawk helicopters to Australia. This was after uh, Australia took out the Taipan, took the Taipan helicopters out of service early following the crash, which killed uh, four defence members uh, in Queensland. Now, they will come sooner than expected, but he hasn't uh, provided any specifics on when that will be. Uh, the Prime Minister says he's seeking advice on a High Court ruling which restores the Australian citizen citizenship of one of the nation's most notorious convicted terrorists. Abdul Nasser Benbrika uh, was jailed for 15 years for leading a terror cell uh, which plotted uh, to blow up Australian landmarks. He had his citizenship stripped in 2020. Uh, that led to a High Court challenge and that has now ruled in his favour. Uh, over in the Middle East, the Palestinian Red Crescent says 25 civilians have been killed in, on an attack in, uh, in an attack on a refugee camp in Gaza. The Hamas-run health ministry said at least 50 people were killed, but neither number has been independently verified. The Israeli, Israeli military has confirmed that uh, jets carried out the attack. Um, they're saying that uh, during the Operation Armoured Forces secured a what was a central Hamas stronghold. Uh, and they eliminated terrorists and terrorists and destroyed infrastructure. Uh, King Charles has apologised for past colonial violence during a visit to Kenya. On the uh, first day of his visit, he attended a banquet in Nairobi where he's spoken about the violence committed against Kenyans in their struggle for independence. Thousands of people were killed um, in that, uh, that struggle and tortured in the crackdown uh, in the 1950s. And Tesla has won a trial, uh, one of the first US trials, over allegations that its autopilot driver assistant uh, led to a death in 2019. Uh, the civil lawsuit alleged the system caused the car uh, owner to suddenly veer off a highway, highway and struck a palm tree. Uh, but the juries have found that the software was not defective and it was actually the driver that uh, caused, oh. caused the crash. Right. Now... It's the second case where uh, the jury has found in favour of Tesla. Uh, it's also facing several other lawsuits related to the same technology. Mm. So, yeah, interesting times. There was that the case, older. too, where someone was uh, in an uh, autonomous car and they fell asleep, and they think they knocked the controls and then they hit someone as well. So, you know. Isn't the car supposed to wake you up? Well... <laughs> It probably was Slide trying across to... the face, make you a cup of coffee. <laughs> I think the alarms are going off. It's supposed to put your hand on the wheel at some uh, point. Not all they made out to be those fancy cars. <laughs> there's, there's still a few issues. Feel ironing so. out a few issues. If perhaps. I sit yes. in a car and the guy doesn't have his hands on the steering wheel, 
We've got troubles. You're not happy. <laughs> no. <laughs> not a happy chappy. All right. All right. Well, we'll be, you'll be back at one o'clock. I'll try. We'll be... <laughs> no, you will be back at one all o'clock. Right, all right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's 24 minutes to one on the country hour. Let's find out what's happening with the weather details. All eyes on the weather in the fire zone. Chris Webb joins us now. Good afternoon. G'day, Michael. How are you going? Very well. So they were hoping for, first of all, we'll start with the fire ground. So a big change there over the last 12 hours or so. Yeah, there are uh, easterlies right across the northern tablelands now and temperatures, uh, you know, sort of in the high teens. There hasn't been much in the way of rain associated with it, though. I think there's a little bit of drizzly stuff back sort of on the eastern slopes of the ranges that might be helping out a bit. But, you know, in the main fire ground uh, sort of area, as far as I can see, there hasn't been anything in the gauges there. But, yeah, better conditions than those pretty hot westerlies that we had yesterday. Um, I would uh, assume better conditions for fighting fires with the more moist and cooler easterly through there. I mean, they um, were worried a bit about the, the wind change maybe bringing some fires back where they didn't want them. Right, yeah, I see what you mean. Um, the other thing is that, yeah, about the sort of more about the slopes and pl- like northwest slopes and plains, um, there hasn't been like a real cool change through there yet. I think the warmest spot in the state is Moree, uh, 29 degrees. I mean, uh, I mean, we had some places in the high 30s, mid to high 30s yesterday, even down to the north coast. So it is better, but uh, the RH there is only about 10%, and there are still southwesterlies blowing over some of those inland parts, and that, those southwesterlies will push a bit towards the ranges today. Uh, so, yeah, there are very high fire dangers forecast about the western slopes of the ranges and uh, in the north and the plains as well um, for today. So it, it, it isn't totally uh, off you know, just a little further to the west either. It's it's still pretty pretty ordinary there. And we're expecting some thunderstorm develop development about the northern tablelands in the afternoon and evening and, you know, probably not a lot of rainfall associated with those at all. They'll probably be pretty isolated, but uh, they're often pretty fluky winds associated with storms, as you know, and there could be some, you know, lightning. Um, so some dry lightning again, should. which caused some of these fires around the Tenderfield area. Yes, yeah, okay. So that's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. I think that is still a possibility this afternoon. And not uh, much rain coming in the next uh, 24 hours at all over the fire ground? What's happening there? No, in terms of- no, not much. And I mean, it could be, like as I've tried to suggest, it'll be pretty hit and miss today. Mm. And then uh, for tomorrow, just uh, still just an onshore stream. There's a high south of the bite extending a ridge along New South Wales coast. And it'll send southeasterlies onto the northern half of the coast um, and eastern ranges. So there'll be a light shower or two, a bit of drizzle around. But yeah, not properly up onto the ranges, I don't think. But there is some, uh, I'm hesitant to say good news, but there's some uh, shower and storm activity from Friday onwards across the weekend expected. Um, so we're anticipating all the, all the models have a trough over uh, inland Queensland digging down into New South Wales. And the result will be some moist northeasterly winds coming um from Queensland down into north, uh, into the eastern part of New South Wales on Friday and across the weekend. So it looks like, um, you know, some shower and thunderstorm activity about the eastern half of the state Friday, but particularly the northeast. And then uh, 
Yeah, maybe it'll be a bit hit and miss on Friday. Uh, but look, as far as the models go on Saturday, the showers and storms look like they'll be really quite widespread about the northeast and possibly, I dare I say, some localised heavy rain in the northeast. So uh, it's it's difficult to say, you know, because by nature storms and showers are sort of localised. But it looks like there'll be quite a few places on the northern tablelands and mid-north coast and... Uh, maybe northern rivers and northwest slopes to receive 20 to 30 millimetres on Saturday. So uh, well, there will be yeah, lightning, of course, that. but that would be, yeah. <laughs> be quite and, useful. And, yeah, it, it, it would be good news, I think. And there could be some spot locations to get more than that, but there will be some locations that miss out altogether due to the nature of storms. But the thing is, look looks like Sunday, um, still shower and storm activity right down through the eastern half. Um, so yeah, it looks like quite a change in the pattern with this, you know, slow-moving inland trough and a high over the Tasman developing, and um, yeah, just persistent moist northeasterlies coming down from Queensland. So yeah, we're heading into a, a wetter phase. Looks like it could last well and truly into the early part of the new week as well. And wh- uh, what about the inland? Getting some rain as well? Ah, uh, yeah, it's more the eastern half, right. like the western half. No. Um, but not as hot as it as it can be, uh, at least. So bring so your probably, biblical change. Yeah, like maybe in the far north, still low 30s for the next couple of days, but like mid-20s in the south. We may see some moisture get as far down uh, as the Victorian border by early next week and see some isolated showers and thunderstorms associated with that. Um, not completely sure about that, but you know some of the models are pointing at that for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So, but I think, you know, sort of for the western half, the the falls would be pretty isolated. Yeah, right. Okay. So not, not, don't expect any rain too much. Although a few people are harvesting, so probably don't want any rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, okay, Chris, Chris, thanks for that. No worries, Michael. Chris Webb at the Bureau. It's 18 minutes to one on the country hour. Well, let's uh, go back to some more fire information because three fire brigades, numerous tractors, spray rigs and neighbours were needed to extinguish a raging fire on McLean Cane Farm yesterday. Grower Ross Farlow, who's chair of the New South Wales Grain Growers Association, is extremely thankful for the help he had protecting his home property. He's lost more than 13 hectares of one-year-old cane with the expected loss running into tens of thousands of dollars. And he's speaking here to Kim Honan. We had a strong gust of wind around four o'clock. The wind had been blowing from the northwest most of the day and it was uh, very, very hot conditions, as you know. It was about 36, 37 degrees. And uh, we had a very, very strong burst of wind about for 15 or 20 seconds. And uh, I just got home to have a drink and uh, this burst of wind hit. My wife said, oh, we, we don't have any power at the house. And then a uh, young man, Hayden McMahon, rang me to say that a power pole had snapped and landed in our cane. Uh, it's the main feed line heading down to, to Yamba and wherever it goes to, 66,000 volts. And um, it landed out into our cane field and ignited the cane. And away she went with the nor'easter, uh, nor'wester blowing quite hard at that time. Yeah, so it took off fairly quick then, did it? Well, by the time I got up there, I had to go up to another shed and grab a tractor with a, um, a, a spray unit already on it that I'd had for set up for another job but luckily I had a tractor with a spray rig and 500 litres of water in it ready uh, by the time I got up there there was probably two to three acres already burnt and um, uh, Hayden had arrived at that stage as well and we started to, to run some cane over on, at the first break, just put the tractor in the paddock and ran it, ran it over but um, 
it didn't take very long for that fire to come down upon us and we had to we had to get out of there and then move a couple of hundred metres to the east to the next track and start running cane down again to try to make a break or a bigger break. By that stage, some help was starting to arrive. I think the first fire brigade tanker arrived. Hayden's father, Tim, arrived in a tractor and then Desi Wiblin arrived with a tractor and then there was numerous neighbours arriving and all trying to help along that tractor to save the rest of the farm, pretty much. Oh gosh, sounds like you had a big crew to, to help put it out. We ended up with four tractors and spray rigs, probably 15 very good helpers, from men that were pretty well knew what they were doing that came down and helped. And uh, and we had the McLean Fire Brigade, uh, the Yamba Brigade and Rural Fire Service from Gomrad came on standby to protect the house at Farlow's Lane. So, yeah, it probably took um, that amount of people close to two hours, I suppose, to, to uh, fully extinguish it and make it safe. And um, consequently, we've had about 33 acres burnt. Disappointingly, Harwood Sugar Mill shut down for the season last Monday, but Broadwater Sugar Mill uh, doesn't close until this Friday night. So we've got a very, very narrow window logistically to get this cane harvested and get it transported across to Broadwater Mill before the season ends. Okay, so was this two-year-old or one-year-old cane? Uh, one-year-old cane, but um, fa- fairly good one-year-old cane. Uh, obviously not intended to be harvested. It was uh, going to head through to two-year-old for next year. Um, so this sort of mucks up your farm plans and the, the rotations that you set up with your farms. So. And Ross, how close did the fire get to your home or you know other important infrastructure? Yeah, we were still 200 metres away from the nearest shed and that was the that was uh, where we'd drawn the second line of defence, I suppose, and um, we were really trying to save that, that block of cane because it would have then meant that we would have had to retreat and... Uh, and put the tankers around the sheds and and um, and uh, backburn around the sheds and, and and make sure that they were safe. So, yeah, we still had another patch to go, um, but then you know it could have easily jumped the next drain and into the next fields, and then that would have put that's when it could have got in around houses. So, no, we're just very grateful for the extra water capacity from the from the fire tankers were there on hand to um, to help wet that cone down. But it was still very very hot and very windy and smoky. Ross Farlow is a cane grower from McLean. He's also chairman of the New South Wales Cane Growers Association. He was talking there to Kim Honan. Uh, let's get the latest update on the fires. ABC Radio Emergency Information. So the summary of the fire situation, still eight fires at Watch and Act. Watch and Act at uh, Maryland, Callendor Road, Maryland. The Watch and Act at the Jennings area along the New South Wales border and the Wollongara, and Wollongara in Queensland. Uh, also Watch and Act for Tarbon and the Sawyers Creek fire in the Dunnybrook State Forest. Watch and Act for the Frost Road fire near Woodside. Watch and Act for Scrub Road south of Tenterfield. Watch and Act for the Benders Creek and the Branch Creek fires. And Watch and Act for the uh, bushfire in the Tabulum area. And Watch and Act for the bushfire which is burning at emergency level, uh, was burning at emergency level yesterday near Glens Creek Road, Nimboida. There are evacuation centres available at the Tenterfield Showground and the Grafton Racecourse. Uh, on the road, sections of the New England Highway and the Bruxner Highway remain closed near Tenterfield due to the bushfires. The New England Highway is now closed in both directions between Bruxner Way, Old uh, Ballandine Road at Tenterfield 
and uh, the Queensland border. The New England Highway is closed in uh, both directions between Clifton Street at Tenterfield Road and Torrington Road and at Deepwater. And the Bruxner Highway is closed in both directions between Bellevue Road at Tenterfield and the Tabulum Road at Tabulum. So just some more of that detail there, that uh, Maryland uh, fire north of Tenderfield. The grass fire is burning near the Queensland border. Continue to monitor conditions there. Uh, if you're in the Wollongarra area in Queensland and Jennings in New South Wales, monitor conditions and know what you'll do if the fire threatens. Grass fire to the south of Jennings uh, has also caused the New England Highway to close. The Sawyers Creek, Dunnybrook State Forest, a large bushfire is burning in the Tarbon Woodside and Sunnyside areas. Conditions have eased, but if you're in these areas, monitor conditions and take advice from the firefighters on the ground. Another large bushfire is burning in the Woodside and Sunnyside areas. The fire has impacted homes overnight, but conditions have eased. If you're in the areas of Woodside and Sunnyside west of the New England Highway, stay alert and monitor your surroundings. Uh, watch an act for the Scrub Road fire south of Tenterfield. It's burning four kilometres southeast of Tenterfield in the area around Scrub Road and Koch Road. The um, fire has crossed the uh, Billarimba Road. And if you're in the areas in those areas east of Tenterfield and south of Bruxner Highway, monitor conditions and know what you'll do if the fire threatens. The New England Highway closed at Clifton Street, Tenterfield and Torrington Road at deep water and the benders creek and branch creek fires conditions have eased for those fires south of tenterfield people along the new england highway south of uh, tenterfield in the vicinity of bluff river uh, bungala benders creek and branch creek should monitor conditions and stay alert and the watch and act still current for that bushfire south of ogilvy drive in the tabulum area it's burning in the plain station and pagans flat area 50 kilometers northeast of tenterfield Bruxner Highway closed between Bellevue Road and Tabulum Road. Uh, if you're in the area, stay alert and monitor your surroundings and watch an act for the Glens Road, Glens Creek Road fire at Nimboida. It's still burning in the vicinity of Glens Creek Road, Old Glen Innes Road and Wild Drake Road, Nimboida. People in the vicinity of Blacksons Flat, Old Glen Innes Road, Rockview Road and Wild Drake Road should monitor the conditions. There is a reduced threat for people in the vicinity of Armadale Road in the Blackson Creek and the Nimboida area. Roads are closed at Glens Creek Road, Armadale Road and Kangaroo Creek Road, Coots Crossing, Waterfall Road and Armadale Road and Old Glenninus Road and Armadale Road. And as I said before, evacuation centres are available at the Tenterfield Showground, which is Manners Street, Tenterfield, and the Grafton Racecourse, which is 273 Powell Street, Grafton. Stay listening to ABC Local Radio and uh, of course uh, check out the ABC Emergency website and um, the Hazards Near Me and RFS websites as well for the latest details there. You're listening to The Country Hour. You're listening to The Country Hour on ABC Radio New South Wales. Australian dairy farmers can expect a favourable milk, ga- uh, milk farm gate price for the next 12 months despite a downturn in global commodities. Michael Harvey is a senior analyst with Rabobank and he told Josh Becker the next few months will be important for determining the level of global supply. The first thing we're looking at clearly just in the next few few weeks is really around what's going on in New Zealand. You know, they're they're hitting their straps in terms of their spring peak and how strong that is really does have a bearing on the global market 
price trend from here. And clearly, there's a few things in New Zealand. One, you've got a, an environment where the, the milk price has fallen quite significantly this season. Uh, it's you know gone below cost of production for, for the average dairy farmer in New Zealand. So there's a margin squeeze underway over there. But they've also had some challenging weather conditions. And, th- and that's coming through in the production numbers where it's not an overly strong season in New Zealand. Uh, it's not going to be a strong peak. Uh, and that's what we're sort of seeing flowing through in to commodity markets more recently with a with a bit of a rally coming through on a low base but a bit more you know risk being priced into the outlook given the supply outlook in New Zealand has got a little bit worse not better and the expectation that it's not going to be an overly all, overall strong season it comes at this point in the market where the global dairy commodity price has been in a downturn but the Australian farm gate price has been held high because of short supply and and uh, yeah just lots of competition do you expect that to continue? Yeah, there's certainly some drivers there that are going to still be there in 12 months' time that, that support the, the local price. And, and that is so true. I mean, you look at the, the look at this through the global lens, the milk price in Australia has been remarkably resilient in the backdrop of what's going on globally. So if you look around the world in these export regions outside of Australia, you've seen farm gate prices fall anywhere between 15 and 35% from, from the peaks of last year. You know, you look at parts of Australia, there's been no no decline, and even in southern Australia, you know, at, at worst case, it was 2 or 3% falls. So it's been a really strong farm gate pricing environment because of the things you talk about. There is going to be strong competition for milk. We don't think that we're going to see deep discounting coming back through in the domestic market, so that's going to provide a buffer moving forward forward and then a lot will then depend on what's going on with this commodity market because it is a weak downturn right I mean we're talking about dairy commodity markets that were record levels in the first half of last year have fallen dramatically and are now you know at or well below five-year averages Uh, and where does that cycle go through from here because right now if it's still weak in six months time when we start to look towards new season milk there's going to be some downward pressure in certain parts particularly if you're servicing a, a manufacturing supplier or an export market but in all that we do think we're nearing the bottom in that commodity cycle. Michael Harvey is a senior analyst with Rabobank. He was speaking there to Josh Becker. First up let's go to Lismore Cattle. There was a few less cattle yarded this week for yarding of 660 head consisting mainly of young cattle and a small offering of cows. There was a larger percentage of plain condition cattle through the sale. Young cattle prices varied with good quality weaner steers with a bit of weight selling to a dearer trend. However, most other weaner cattle saw little change. Restocker weaner steers are from 130 to 276 cents. Restocker weaner heifers 109 to 168. However, very light plain yearly, uh, weaner heifers sold from 58 to 100 cents. Yearling steers topped at 234 to background and the heifers sold up to 186 cents. Growing heifers, they sold from 112 to 180 cents. Cows firm to 10 cents dearer in places. D2s, 120 to 144. Three-score cows, they averaged 149 cents. And heavy four-score cows, 152 to 180 cents. This is Doug Robson in Lismore. Two carcore sheep and lambs. Numbers lifted by 2,800 for a yarding of 6,900 lambs. There were some good runs of well-finished trade weight new season lambs and very few heavyweights. There were good numbers of light young lambs to suit the restockers and feeders. Trade weight lambs were 2 to $5 cheaper compared to the previous sales, much stronger market. 
Trade weight new season lamb sold from 55 to 132 to average between 430 and 525 cents a kilogram. Trade weight old lamb sold from 55 to 123. Heavyweight lambs were 3 to 6 cheaper with the old lambs over 24 kilograms selling from 123 to 145. Lamb, uh, lambs to the restockers were $5 cheaper selling from 23 to 62. Uh, hoggets were 15 cheaper selling to $60. There were 2100 mixed mutton yard where most grades were 3 dearer. Merino ewes sold from 19 to 35 while crossbred ewes sold from 12 to $45. Merino weathers sold from 20 to 35. Most of the sheep sold from 100 to 125 cents per kilogram carcass weight. This is David Monk at CTLX for MLA. Let's go to Cowra Sheep and Lambs now, and Rob Pierce is there. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Michael. Lamb numbers remain steady for 3,300. Quality continues to be good for the new seasons, with more fresh lines presented this week. And there were mainly trade and heavy pen stores increased in supply. Medium and heavy trades were firm. 2022 20, kilos sold from 88 to 105, 22 to 24, 110 to 123, averaging 480 to 510 cents. Heavy weights were firm to a couple cheaper. 24, 26, 125 to 135. 26 plus 134 to 136, averaging 495 to 500 cents. Stores sold from 29 to 72, up 2 to $6. And mutton numbers increased by 770 for 14.50. Quality improved, prices were dearer for lighter mutton. And with medium first cross use selling from 20 to 30, averaging 120 to 140 cents. Heavy first cross use sold from 29 to 40, averaging 100 cents. This has been Rob Pierce from MLA at Cowra. Thanks, Rob. Let's go to Yass Sheep and Lambs now. Good afternoon. Lamb numbers jumped to 13,800 and included 8,000 new season lambs. The quality was good, especially in the new season lambs, where there are a lot of trade and heavyweights. Store lambs are also well supplied, and most of the old lambs were mixed in quality. The market sold to firm trends on the heavy trade and heavy lambs, but eased on the store's light and medium trade weights. New season store lambs to 18 kilos were back $20, selling to $70. Trades 20 to 22, 75 to 101, 22 to 24 kilos, 96 to 113, 24 to 26, 112 to 127. They average 440 to 450 cents. The 26 kilos and heavier, 116 to 140 or 410 to 420 cents on average. Old two score processing lambs mostly 35 to 68 dollars. Trades 20 to 24 kilos, 54 to 98 or 350 to 400 cents. 24 to 26 up $7, 80 to 126, and heavyweights lifted 8, 123 to 138. Mutton numbers also lifted and the quality improved, prices 5 to 6 better. Heavy crossbred ewes 34 to 52, Merino weathers 26 to 46 dollars. Let's go to Mossvale Cattle now and David Kent. Good afternoon, Michael. There was a significant increase in numbers for a total yarding of 974 good quality cattle. There were some outstanding runs of high yielding, well finished yearlings to suit the trade, along with some excellent runs of feeder steers and a few good lines of weaners returning the paddock. Heavy ground cattle to process were well supplied, and there are 100 mostly heavy prime cows. All the usual buyers were operating, along with some extra restocker interest. Trade cattle were cheaper, all other categories sold to dearer trends. There were plenty of yearlings to process, resulting in a cheap prices. Yearling steers 174 to 310, heifers 120 to 255. Medium weight feeder steers price unchanged. Those over 400 kilos were dearer 140 to 216. Feeder heifers 8 better to average 168. Well bred weaners to suit the restockers considerably dearer. Steers 120 to 254, heifers 110 to 208. Prime heavy grown steers jumped 9, 155 to 208. Grown heifers also dearer 158 to 210. 
Lighted two score cows lifted four eighty to one thirty two. Heavy three and four score cows up to seventeen deer at one forty to one ninety one. The best heavyweight bull to process reached one hundred ninety cents per kilo. This is David Kent at Mossvale for MLA. And stay listening to ABC Local Radio for the latest on the fire situation. A few of those fires have been downgraded, so that's good news. Conditions are improving, but uh, as I said, stay listening to ABC Local Radio this afternoon for the latest. It's news time, one o'clock.